Hello and welcome to Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. I'm one of the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and created the Fit Over 40 method. And together with our world-class coaching team, we've helped more than 6,000 women over 40 to fit back into their favorite clothes over the past decade. And for more information about what we do, you can go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, I'm going to reveal why women get middle-aged spread. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. Something I've seen kind of time and time again with the women over 40 I've coached is women struggling with extra pounds coming on around the middle as they get older, especially as they approach the menopause. And it's often kind of referred to as middle-aged spread. And I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to who are trying all the things that worked in their 20s and 30s, but they're stepping on the scales at the end of the week and seeing zero movement on the scales and zero change in how it felt around the middle and around the waist. No matter what they tried, they just couldn't shift the extra pounds and their bodies felt like they were fighting against them and stopping them losing the extra weight. And for many of these ladies, it was kind of starting to have a big impact on their confidence and their self-esteem, making it difficult for them to enjoy life to the fullest. And I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to who felt they were no longer able to wear their favorite clothes, which using clothes to cover problem areas instead of what they liked, putting in loads of hard work and effort, but just not seeing the changes on the scales or in the mirror that they want to see. They're starting to worry that they'd never be able to get their weight under control and see the results they wanted to see. But despite all of that, we've helped these women to remove the barriers that are blocking them from seeing results and quickly and easily get the scales moving, lose the excess weight from around the middle and regain their confidence and get back to feeling amazing in all of their clothes in just a shoe, in shoe, in a few short months. So in today's podcast, we're going to reveal why women over 40 struggle with excess weight around the middle area and share our top strategies, which have helped over 6,000 women to beat the middle-aged spread, drop one, two dress sizes, fit back into all their favorite clothes, and feel incredible wearing anything they like in 12 weeks. So there's two key changes that lead to women struggling with middle-aged spread, that kind of weight gain around the middle. Now, the first one is changes that happen with the female sex hormones. And this is all to do with the balance of hormones. So hormones kind of work in a way where doesn't matter if they're high or low, it's kind of more about which one's higher than the other one. So what happens in the run-up to menopause is estrogen and progesterone levels start to fall. They fluctuate, but they fall ultimately. And testosterone, which is often thought of as kind of a male hormone, but men and women have testosterone. Testosterone basically stays the same whilst this is happening. So testosterone is the same, and then estrogen and progesterone are fluctuating and falling and actually become lower levels than testosterone, which is one of the reasons certain male characteristics can start to develop, like getting you know hair on the face where you may have not had that before, but also middle age spread that kind of, imagine it kind of like a beer belly. You often think men have a beer belly. That's because they have higher testosterone levels compared to estrogen and progesterone. And this is, whilst testosterone is lower in women, this is still the kind of thing that's happening for women around menopause if you're not taking anything like, like HRT. So what tends to happen is if you have higher estrogen levels, which is what women will have before menopause and, you know, in 20s and 30s, especially, it starts to reduce even for a lot of women in their early 40s. If you have higher estrogen levels, you'll end up storing body fat more on the lower body. So around the hips, around um, around the bum, on the legs, on the thighs. This is in preparation for pregnancy. So we tend to store that around there. And then during pregnancy and childbirth tends to lose that body fat off that area. So it's kind of like a fat storage area for pregnancy. And that's what estrogen will do. 
However, when estrogen levels fall, you end up with relatively higher testosterone, you will store more body fat around the middle area. So think of that beer belly again. So this is what happens in the run-up to menopause. Estrogen falls, testosterone stays basically the same. Testosterone is then relatively higher, so you store more body fat around the middle area. However, the important thing to realize here, though, is this is not inevitable. A lot of people feel like this is inevitable around menopause. But this will only actually happen if you gain fat. If you, if you end up, we'll talk about all the different nutrition factors, but if you end up putting yourself in a position and your body in a position where it's going to have to store fat, because there's too much energy coming in, you're not doing the right kind of activities or you overstress the body. If you put it in a position where it has to store body fat, then it will start to put it on around the middle around menopause rather than on the lower body. So what we want to do is avoid putting the body in a position to gain fat. If you get everything right with your nutrition, your exercise and lifestyle, you can still be slim and lean all over. And without that kind of middle-aged spread, about that spare tire around the middle if you get those things right. And I'll cover all of these things in more detail in the next step. Now, HRT, just as a quick side note, can also help with this. So HRT, hormone replacement therapy, um, usually comes in the form of estrogen or estrogen and progesterone. Sometimes testosterone is included as well, just depends on your levels. But this can also help because if you then increase estrogen again, and potentially progesterone as well, but definitely estrogen, then it should then be higher than testosterone and you'll be more likely to then have that body fat patterning of pre-menopause where you're more likely to store it on the lower body. However, you still need to get your exercise and nutrition right um, and lifestyle right, even if you're on HIT, to avoid storing loads of body fat in your lower half. It's just less likely to lead to that sort of middle-aged spread. So the second key thing, so the first thing we talked about is the changes in the female sex hormones. The second key cause of middle-aged stress, middle-aged stress, I've just given you a clue there, middle-aged spread, is stress because the body sensitivity to stress increases whilst these other changes happen around menopause. So a lot of the women we work with inside our Fit Over 40 program, they're juggling highly stressful jobs and family responsibilities. They have a very stressful life. And when the body's subjected to stress, regardless of the source of stress, cortisol, the stress hormone is released. And Stress can come from all sorts of different areas, work, family life, lifestyle like lack of sleep, caffeine, alcohol, exercise, especially intense exercise, or poor quality nutrition, or even starvation. All of these things are interpreted as a source of stress by the body. They all add up to what's called the allostatic stress, which is the total stress on the body. And you can imagine this kind of like a glass of water where you're pouring different things into it, work, stress, family, life, lack of sleep, the water, glass of water will be filling up and filling up and eventually it will overflow. And that causes problems. What's more, the body becomes more sensitive to stress with age. And unfortunately, this sensitivity stress is it's an increase that's three times more for women than for men with age. So it is harder. You can go and tell your partner, your husband, your friend, it is actually harder for women than for men to lose weight uh, as you get older because of this change. So this increase of sensitivity stress is three times more, more for women than for men with age. And if stress levels are too high for too long, it will lead to what's called chronically elevated cortisol levels. So if cortisol, that stress hormone, is high all the time or pretty much all the time, it will trigger what we call the weight gain triangle. So these are three knock-on effects of high cortisol levels of really high stress levels all the time. So these are three things, leptin resistance, insulin resistance, and thyroid deregulation. Now I'll explain what those mean in a second, but all of these things will contribute to middle-aged spread. So the first one is leptin resistance. Now leptin is a satiety and hunger hormone. 
If you have leptin resistance, the brain will not know when it's full. You'll have increased cravings all of the time, and it will especially be craving things like highly processed food, junk food, sugar, which means people are way more likely to overeat and way more likely to overeat the wrong things as well. The second thing that happens is insulin resistance. Now, insulin is a storage hormone. And if you have insulin resistance, it means you're not going to deal so well with carbohydrates, first of all. So again, that sugar that you're craving from the leptin resistance. So you can see how this is all starting to stack up now against you. And it will also mean insulin resistance means you're more like store fat around the middle area. So again, not only because of those hormonal changes, but now because of this Second change, due to stress and cortisol, you're more like to store fat around the middle. And then the third thing is thyroid deregulation. Now, the thyroid is the gland in your throat that controls your metabolism. If you have thyroid deregulation, your metabolism is going to slow down, and that means you're going to have to eat less to avoid gaining weight. So these three things are going to make it harder for you to see good results. It's going to make it easier for you to gain weight, especially around the middle. And these are all triggered by um, too much stress on the body. Now, it's probably impossible. You're probably thinking right now, well, this is, sounds great. You know, I know I need to improve stress, but my lifestyle is just inherently stressful. I've got a, a stressful job. Um, I'm in back-to-back meetings all day. My email inbox is filling up all day. I'm also trying to raise a family on the side and juggle all of that. That's fine. Like most of the people I work with in that situation, you don't have to get rid of all sources of stress. The key thing you need to do is avoid then overstressing the body with everything else you're doing. So with exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle, you need to get those things right, and that will keep stress levels low enough that you can see good results. So I'm gonna go through each of those areas one by one. Let's start with exercise. So for exercise, I would first of all recommend you avoid high-intensity exercise like HIIT, gym classes, spinning or running, anything with burpees, box jumps, all that really intense exercise. It's great when you're young and the body can tolerate it, so if you're in your 20s and your 30s, you can see really good results with that kind of exercise. However, as you get older and the body is more sensitive to stress and your lifestyles probably become more stressful as well, you may even be caring for like aging parents on top of family responsibilities, on top of work. It's all very, very stressful. You need to do something different. You need to actually do something that's low to moderate intensity and that's low impact. So it's gentle on the body, it's gentle on the joints. So we always recommend people do list training. It's the most effective exercise for women in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who um, want to lose weight, especially from around the middle. Um, so this is just lifting weights in a slow, controlled manner. You can do it from home. You only need to do it a couple of times a week, two, three times a week, and you can see really, really good results. The other reason it's great, and this is a little bit um, off topic for today, but it's it will also build muscle, which reverses a lot of the other side effects of aging people want to avoid. So... Um, the body becoming saggier, flabbier, feeling less toned, all of that can be reversed if you build muscle back. Muscle is firm and toned. It's, you won't end up looking like a bodybuilder. Muscle is just what makes you feel firm and toned. It's what lifts your bum. It's what tones up your arms, get rid, gets rid of the bingo rings, can suck in your waist and flatten your t- tummy as well. So you need to do something that's going to build muscle. Now, most cardio exercise will burn muscle, hit gym classes, spinning, especially as you get older, running. All of that stuff will actually lead to more muscle loss which is already something that happens with age after the age of 30, those things will actually accelerate muscle loss. So you need to do something completely different that's going to actually build that muscle back up that will make you feel firm and toned and strong and much, much more youthful. So exercise, when to avoid high-intensity exercise, focus on low-impact, uh, low-intensity exercise like list training. Now, if you're going to do anything else to keep yourself active, 
Walking is a great thing you can do as well. So just increasing your step count, making sure you're not completely sedentary because most of the people I work with are sat at a desk all day. So am I, to be fair. But we just need to keep an eye on that step count because it's a very good low stress way of um, burning a few more calories every day, but without overstressing the body like those intense gym classes and things like that. So list training and, and, um, and getting your steps up. Those are the two main things to do exercise wise if you want to um, beat the middle edge spread. Nutritionally, now... The key thing to understand with nutrition is the body interprets starvation as a source of stress. So really extreme dieting that may have worked for you when you're younger, whether it's 800 calories a day, 1200 calories a day, shake diets, cutting out whole food groups, cutting out carbs. That stuff's great if you're in your 20s and 30s and your life is a bit less stressful and your body and hormones are more optimal. However, as you get older, you cannot get away with that. The body will simply not respond to that anymore. You need to do something that's more gentle on the body and you need to eat the right amount and the right things for you. And we call this the calorie sweet spot. So for most people, this is actually like a lot of our clients are surprised by how much they can eat and lose weight. It's often a lot more than they've done. So definitely isn't going to be 1200 calories a day, definitely isn't going to be 800 calories a day. Neither of them are going to work well. You need to eat not too little, not too much, just right. We call it the Goldilocks principle. And this is of three key nutrients, not just calories. So calories, yes, that you do need to get that right, but also protein and fiber, because if those aren't high enough, you're not going to see good results. So you need to get those things right. And you also need to focus on the right food choices, as highly processed food can be harder for the body to deal with. It's another source of stress for the body to deal with. Now, it's very confusing this work that you know everyone talks about don't eat too much processed food don't eat too much of this and that we try and make it really simple for our clients so we talk about the wads foods as these are the worst culprits when it comes to processed foods so anything containing wheat alcohol dairy or sugar these are the types of foods you want to avoid so things like cake things like bread especially white bread um, obviously drinking alcohol every night um, or multiple nights a week eating loads and loads of cheese sugary yogurt um, sweets, you know, I'm, I know I'm listing probably a lot of people's favorite foods, but there's still tons of things you can eat that are really, really delicious. And that mean you can avoid these words foods and see really, really good results. And if you do do this, so what we recommend is you cut them out for a little bit, just for a week or two as like a reset. And our clients will typically lose five to 10 pounds in two weeks and see a massive change in their waist in two to four weeks reduce that middle-aged spread and then you can eat them about 80% of the time so they just shouldn't be staples because they're very easy to overeat they can disrupt your hormones as well and um, they'll also have a big impact on things like energy levels as well and a good example of this so I've got an example here from one of our clients Wendy who's 49 and perimenopausal and she said this is this is her experience from four weeks um, of making these changes I've just talked about today so she said when I started as a size 12 I was feeling heavy and dumpy as only four foot 11 so the extra weight shows a lot I felt bloated generally carrying weight mainly on my stomach in four weeks I'm in a much happier place the bloating is massively reduced and my energy levels are so much higher I feel more in control of my life the week four check-in photos have given me a huge boost as I can see the improvements in my shape and they are way more than I expected when I started, I was 10 stone, four pounds. My weight is now nine stone, six and a half pounds. I was feeling as if I'm eating a lot as I've had to step up to keep up with the calories. Doesn't feel like a diet. Instead, it's more of an awareness of what I'm eating. My waist has reduced about three centimeters with a little bit off my thighs and hips. And I'm delighted. I just need to keep going. So there you go. That's a great example. Wendy saw a big change off her middle. She almost lost a stone as well in just a few weeks. This is four weeks. And she felt like she was actually eating more, but she was eating the right things. 
So that is a great example of what can be achieved just by making these changes um, to your nutrition. So we talked about exercise and nutrition. Now, the last thing you need to get right is kind of your lifestyle. So there's a couple of key things here. So the first one I, I want to discuss quickly is alcohol, because for a lot of the clients we work with, sugar or alcohol are the main challenges with kind of diet and nutrition. And the problem with alcohol is it tends to encourage fat storage, especially around the middle, especially in the run up to menopause and around menopause. So there's a great quote here by um, a doctor, an endocrine expert, an obesity researcher from the Mayo Clinic. Um, it's called Michael Jensen. And he said, in general, alcohol intake is associated with bigger waste because when you drink alcohol, the liver burns alcohol instead of fat. The other issue with alcohol is it's also very calorie dense. So even a large glass of wine, just one large glass of wine, is the same calories as a, a small dairy milk bar, similar to a Mars bar or Snickers as well. And a lot of people, once they've opened the bottle of wine, they're gonna have a couple of glasses. So it's like having two Snickers, let's say every day or every few days. So funnily enough, that's not gonna work great, especially if you're older, if you're quite sedentary, you're sat at a desk all the time. And obviously, as, as I just quoted there, you're more likely to, to store that fat around the middle if you're gonna gain fat from alcohol as well, uh, if you're gonna eat too many calories from alcohol. So if your hormones have shifted, as we discussed earlier, the alcohol calories then will mean you're probably consuming too many calories for you. You'll be more likely to store that fat around the middle. So alcohol is the first thing we need to get right. I tend to say we want to try and reduce it so it's just once or twice a week and once, one or two drinks once or twice a week. That's a really good balance. You don't need to cut it out entirely. But at the same time, if you're having alcohol or if you're having a glass of wine most nights, the news articles that try and claim that's healthy, I mean, there's just as many that say it's not. They're nonsense. It's just to get attention so that people feel validated in doing that. Really having alcohol every single night, especially in the run-up to menopause, it's just going to cause you to gain weight, especially around the middle. So we want to reduce that. Pick other choices. Find excitement elsewhere. There's loads of great alcohol-free options out there now. You can have a low-calorie um, alcohol-free option like a, a seed lip, so like a gin replacement and a, a diet tonic. It's almost zero calories and it still feels like a treat. So I'm not saying miss out entirely, just reduce the intake a little bit. Second thing is sleep. So sleep, you wouldn't think, oh, sleep is going to cause my waistline to expand or cause middle age spread, but actually it has a bigger impact than you might think. So the reason for this is disrupted sleep leads to disrupted hunger hormones and these are leptin and ghrelin. Those are the names of those hunger hormones and they basically will increase your appetite. So one of them controls your appetite and the other one controls when you feel full or not. And what will happen is you'll have a stronger appetite and you won't feel full even after eating. See, these are both kind of pulling you towards food and eating more. And there's a fascinating study in the book, Why We Sleep by sleep researcher, Matthew Walker, where they got two groups of people to eat until full. They were given a buffet of food and just said, eat until full. And one group slept five hours a night and one group slept eight hours a night. And they presented them at the same buffet and the group sleeping five hours a night ate 300 calories more in one sitting than the group eating uh, sleeping eight hours a night. Now that is significant because if you did that over two or three meals, that's 600 or 900 calories more a day, which is definitely enough to stop you losing weight and probably enough to steadily increase weight just from lack of sleep. You're going to likely with that much overeating gain a couple of stone every year. So that's just as a result of sleeping less. Nothing else was changed. And what's more, if you then combine this with either alcohol or caffeine, which we'll talk about next, these two can really affect sleep quality. So alcohol really um, reduces sleep quality, even though people can feel like it's helping them get off to sleep quicker. You're actually kind of just like passing out, but you have loads of mini wake-ups all throughout the night if you've had too much alcohol. And that's usually just two drinks or more. 
So what happens is you miss a load of key sleep phases. You don't get into deep REM sleep and things like that. But people often don't realize this is happening because alcohol has a sedative effect. So they don't realize they're waking up multiple times throughout the night. They might do, but they might not. And what happens is you'll then end up with way worse cravings all day the next day. And then people are way more likely to overeat on top of all the extra calories from the alcohol over the night before and all the snacks that you might have had, the crystal and the nuts, whatever it may be with the alcohol. So it's like a triple whammy. You're going to have worse cravings. You're going to end up eating more calories from the alcohol, from the snacks, and your sleep's going to be ruined, which then you're going to have stronger cravings the next day as well. So in my experience, this always leads to people then not being able to lose weight and storing weight around the middle. So what we want to do is find a better balance of alcohol. We tend to find the best way to do this is cut it out entirely for a couple of weeks and then find better healthier alcoholic choices than the tipper ones people go for. So you can still enjoy a drink, but you're not going to end up drinking too much consistently. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is caffeine when it comes to lifestyle. So caffeine is a bit of a double-edged sword. Yes, there's some positives, so it can help with tiredness but what tends to happen is it becomes a bit of a crutch and what people don't realize is how big an effect it has on sleep and therefore energy levels so it can seem like it's helping with low energy levels and i know a lot of people struggle with low energy around menopause but what actually can be happening is it's contributing to worse energy levels and middle age spread so gaining fat around the middle in a couple of different ways so first of all it can disrupt sleep so if you have caffeine in the afternoon so let's say you have a diet coke in the afternoon as a pick me up or you have a coffee or an espresso, a latte in the afternoon. What caffeine does is it blocks adenosine receptors. Now adenosine, um, when it binds with these receptors, will actually make you naturally feel tired throughout the day. So adenosine builds up throughout the day, you feel tired and tired towards the time when you should be going to bed. So it's a natural thing that helps us maintain a good, healthy sleep-wake cycle. Problem with caffeine is it has a half-life of six hours. This means after six hours, on average, it's different from person to person, but it's consistently you know not miles off this after six hours what's going to happen is that caffeine is still half as strong it's still having a pretty significant effect on you so if you have a coffee or a diet coke or any of these things we talked about earlier at 4 p.m it's going to stop you being able to sleep properly at 10 p.m it's still having half of its effect at 10 p.m and if you have less sleep we've already talked about it you're gonna have worse cravings you're gonna more likely overeat the average is 300 calories from sleeping five versus eight hours that's a lot for a lot of our clients, that's like another meal or half a meal on top of what they're already eating per meal. And what will then happen is they, they overeat, they then get, have, the body has to put those extra calories somewhere. So it will store it around the middle in the run up to menopause with those hormonal changes we talked about earlier. What's more, caffeine also increases cortisol levels. So we talked about earlier, we need to manage those cortisol levels, the stress levels on the body. Now, if you can't reduce them from work and family life, we need to reduce them from other lifestyle factors like alcohol, like caffeine, like sleep. And if you are consuming caffeine all the time, it's going to stress the body out. It's going to overstress the body. And then it can trigger that weight gain triangle again. Leptin resistance, insulin resistance, thyroid deregulation, make it way, way harder for you to lose weight and way easier to gain weight. So what I would say is if you're having one coffee a day, totally fine. If you have that in the morning, I would try and stop having any after midday late as 4 p.m but really 12 noon is the best time to stop and then just switch to decaf um, and learn to have a, a healthier sleep weight cycle because again a lot of the clients i speak to or prospective clients i should say because we kind of fix all this for people in the program but people are thinking of joining a lot of them are staying up way too late partly because of you know working too late partly because of caffeine partly maybe because of being unproductive because they've they've had poor quality sleep and they end up in this vicious cycle of not sleeping enough 
then being tired, then using caffeine as a pick-me-up, then using alcohol to try and deal with the stress because they, they can't work effectively because they're overtired, their energy levels are low, they're feeling stress. And then they just end up in this vicious cycle of, of consuming all of these things to try and make themselves feel better, but actually they're making everything worse and worse and worse. And you just need to draw a line and stop. And if you do that, you'll be amazed at how much quicker you can feel better, even around menopause. Now, the last lifestyle thing I'm going to just going to touch on is to try and manage work stress better. And I know this isn't easy, but there's lots of techniques you can use from meditation to exercise. It's been proved as one of the most effective ways of managing stress as well as mood and more effective than antidepressants actually for managing mood. The, the latest research shows um, getting outdoors, again, really, really effective for, for, for reducing stress levels. Hugging a pet is another thing that's come out recently is really, really effective. But whatever your techniques are, there's lots more advanced strategies and we could do a whole podcast on these. But what I'd recommend is you just start with getting the exercise and nutrition right because that will help to manage your stress levels on the body a lot better. And then you'll be surprised how quickly that can combat middle-age spread. And I've got a great example here from um, a client, Lee. So Lee's 53 years old. Sean Barkshire, and she's a company director. And it's a little bit of a long one, but I think it's really, really important to hear in full. So here's what Lee said. She said, I'd never struggled with my weight before and always been able to eat whatever I felt like eating. I've never been an idle person, but I'm not a sporty person either. And I really do not like the gym. For the past year, however, I started to notice as I was slowly picking up weight for no apparent reason, particularly around my middle. Nothing I did was making any difference. I've always been a very small eater, so I couldn't understand why this weight gain was just suddenly occurring. I realised it must be related to hormones and the dreaded middle-aged spread. I never believed it would happen to me as I always had a flat-toned tummy and trim-toned arms, but that was no more and the speed with which it happened was so alarming. Whilst browsing a website, one of Rob's videos popped up and after having initially shut it down, I decided to watch the next one that popped up. And there it was, everything Rob was saying was actually happening to me. It was as if he was speaking to me and me alone. I decided to take a chance and join Trinity as it was literally now or never. I knew that I had to stop the deterioration of my body and figure, which is having a very negative effect on every aspect of my life. It's now been four weeks. I can honestly say that the weight I've lost so far has been worth every sacrifice and hardship. Trinity's help and advice has been absolutely invaluable and I'm so very thankful I chose to watch Rob's video that day because it had already changed my entire mindset and given me a much better understanding of where I was going wrong and what I needed to do to stay in shape going forward. It's been a huge turnaround in my life, but it's been totally worth it. I've never believed in fad diets, crash diet, uh, or crash weight loss courses before, as it's inevitable that once you return to your normal eating habits, you'll just gain all the weight back and probably just harm your health in the process. I've always been a very careful eater as I have a tummy condition and have to be choosy about what I eat. Because I don't eat bread, drink alcohol, eat much sweets, or eat small portions, I always thought I, that I'd be just fine weight-wise. However, when I noticed my uncontrollable weight gain creeping up, I tried to increase my exercise by going on the treadmill and walking around the race course regularly, but nothing was working. I couldn't make my food portions any smaller. I'd already given up my eight cups, cup, eight cups of coffee a day habit, yet nothing made a difference. Things just continued to spiral and I knew I needed help and advice. Thank goodness I found Trinity as I now realise where I was going wrong. I've lost three kilos in my first three weeks. That's about half a stone, which was a huge relief. My four-week weigh-in was coming up and I'm hoping to see even more progress. I haven't measured myself yet, but I'm sure that I've lost centimetres all over my body as my clothes definitely feel a bit looser. I've recently increased my kettlebell weight sizes and I've already got stronger from the workouts. My stomach is looking flatter, I've lost some tummy rolls, and I'm just starting to look and feel more like my old self again. Thank goodness. Just go for it. Honestly, don't hesitate to do it. I just wish I'd found Trinity sooner. This is advice that I'll remember and use for the rest of my life. So absolutely incredible um, case study there from Lee that you know, in just four weeks, you can turn so many things around. 
when she felt like everything was just spiraling out of control with her body, with her waistline and everything, she was able just with a few quick tweaks to turn all of those things around just by working with those changing hormones rather than against them. And if you want to find out more about the plan Lee followed, just go to www.fit40info.com. That's fit40info.com with the number 40. And you'll find all the details on that page. So that just about wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll catch you next week for another episode. We'll see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.